Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Gather by the Ghostlight Original Stories for Radio Theater. I'm Jonathan Cook, your host, producer, and sometimes voice actor on this thing. And wow, this is episode number 30. And what a fun journey this has been. It's been a great privilege meeting and producing so many talented playwrights and getting their plays out there for your listening pleasure. And let's keep it rolling today with a new audio play written by John Bavoso. Mr. Bavoso is an award-winning published playwright based in Washington, D.C. And you're about to hear his comedic play called An Awkward Conversation in the Shadow of Mount Moriah. Now, many of you out there are likely familiar with the old Bible story of when Abraham was instructed by God to sacrifice his son Isaac. He lured Isaac to the top of Mount Moriah bound him to an altar, and nearly did the deed until a messenger from God came along just in time to tell him that uh, it was only a test, and he didn't have to sacrifice his son after all. Well, in the play that's about to be presented to your ears, you're going to hear what took place after that. The awkward moments when Abraham tries to make small talk with his son after this traumatic event during their three-day walk home. Now, Gather around the ghost light, sit back and enjoy. This is An Awkward Conversation in the Shadow of Mount Moriah, written by John Bavoso. And be sure to stick around after the story to hear an interview with this writer. Slow down, will you? Nope. Please, I'm over a hundred years old. I think it's safe to say I'm done accommodating your limitations. Will you at least have a real conversation with me? It's going to be a long walk. (laughs) Not at the rate I'm moving. Come on, talk to me, yell at me, anything but this interminable sarcasm. What exactly is the right thing to say in this situation? To my knowledge, they don't make a Hallmark card for, Thanks, Dad, for bringing me to the top of a mountain under false pretenses, binding me, and almost turning me into a human sacrifice but then only stopping because God's messenger showed up and was like, JK, LOL, never mind. Isaac, I... You know what? Whatever you're about to say, tell it to the ram. I know you're upset, but God said... Are you really going to pull the I was just following orders card right now? I guess all I could do now is apologize. No, you want to know what the worst part of this whole thing is? I can only assume it's the almost dying at the hands of your own father part. No. It's that for the rest of my life, I've got to live with the fact that the first man who ever tied me up was my father. I don't like it when you talk like that. Oh? Are we sharing things we don't like about each other now? Because I'm not sure three days is going to be enough for me to get through my... Ow! Son of a... Are you okay? Here, no, me... don't even think about touching me. But I'm your father. And stop saying that like it means something. Of course it means something. Sure as hell didn't a few hours ago. That's what I'm trying to explain. You think there's an excuse for what you did? What I almost did. Is that a hair you really want to split? I'm just saying we wouldn't even be having this conversation if... If God literally didn't intervene at the last possible second. 
I'm pretty sure this is one of those instances where your intention matters just as much as your action. Oh, oh, so you think God is the hero in this story? Oh, hardly. So why don't you take it up with him? I intend to. Trust me, I have enough daddy issues for the both of you. I said enough of that! <sighs> now, will you just let me look at that ankle? If you must. Wait. What? Knife check. You can't be serious. Ceremonial dagger concealed behind your back once? Shame on you. Ceremonial dagger concealed behind your back twice? Fine. See, nothing in my hands. Satisfied? Proceed. Thank you. Ugh. You know, you really can be impossible sometimes. Is that why? Why what? Is that why it was so easy for you? Because then you wouldn't have to listen to me run my mouth? Who said it was easy for me? I mean, it didn't look all that difficult from where I was laying. Which, need I remind you, I was on an altar. Well, you're wrong. You're my son. And of course I didn't want to do that to you. But when God commands you to do something, you do it. You make it sound so cut and dry, easy peasy. Nothing about this, nothing at all about being a father is simple or easy. I mean, not committing filicide seems to be the least difficult part of parenting to remember. <laughs> One day, when you have children of your own... You really think I'm going to have kids? Why wouldn't you? It's not like I've had an abundance of quality role models. I know what I almost did was inexcusable, but... Look, no one's wandered down from a mountain with a guide for being a perfect parent etched onto stone tablets. So, uh, when an omnipotent being gives you a direct order, even if it's terrible and unthinkable... About that. About what? That clear and direct order you received? What about it? How is this very important message conveyed? In terms of... The medium is the message, Pops. God sent a messenger to stop you from straight up murdering my ass. Did he send one to tell you to do it in the first place? Uh, not quite. Care to elaborate on that? Well, it, it was more of a, a feeling, I guess, deep inside. <laughs> this day just keeps getting better. Come on. No, you come on. For once, I'm not the only one who's being unreasonable. You were willing to kill me based on a feeling. Not kill. Sacrifice. Wrong, Dad. Because a sacrifice is something you're actually going to miss when it's gone. <sighs> Isaac, you have no idea how long your mother and I prayed for a son. You were the most wanted child on the planet. And apparently the most disappointing. No, well, not exactly. Very convincing. That's not what I meant. I spent years imagining what your life would be like, who you would become, what great things you would accomplish. I think that's what all parents do. That's a lot of expectation to heap upon someone whose neck isn't even strong enough to hold up his own head yet. <laughs> You're right, of course. But, but I, I couldn't help it. I've been on this earth for more than a century, but I was going to get the chance to see everything in a brand new way through your eyes. Then why didn't you tell God no? It never occurred to me, if I'm being totally honest. I, I'm not a rebel like you. Besides, I think I knew deep down that it wasn't going to get to that point. <laughs> if I recall correctly, you let the point get disconcertingly close to some very important parts of my body. But I had no true intention of ever going through with it. Then why the whole song and dance? Because my faith was being tested, and, and I had something to prove. To God? To Him, yes. And to you. You've officially lost me. <laughs> I, I had to show God that I trusted him and would do whatever he commands. 
but I had faith that he never really intended for me to kill you. More faith than I had, apparently. Uh, well, in your defense, you were kind of taken by surprise. Kinda? But your death was never a possibility. Not as far as I was concerned. But what if that messenger never appeared? Then I was prepared to... Do whatever I had to do to protect you. Including defy God? Hey, you thumb your nose at authority pretty much every day. I, I figured I could try it at least once. So, this was a teaching moment? For both of us, I hope. No, no matter what you do, no matter what you become, you'll always be my son. The answer to my prayers. <laughs> um, did I say something funny? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's what you didn't say. And that would be... You could have just said, I love you, son. Instead of taking me on a three-day hike that ended in a near-fatal bit of performance art. <laughs> well, I suppose that would have been simpler. <laughs> you think? After today, I don't want to ever hear about how extra I am. Eh, fair enough. Ugh, now, you think we should be getting on our way? We've got a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, I guess so. Here, take my hand. I'll help you up. Ah. Uh, there you go. Ah. Ah, right. Now, how's your ankle feeling? Just give me a minute. Ah. All right. Good as new, I think. Come on, son. If it makes you feel any better, I've been broken up about this whole thing for weeks. Now that you mention it, you have been moodier than usual. I assumed it was the prospect of having to spend so much time alone with me. The only bright spot of this colossally terrible trip has been having three days on the road with you, getting to know you better. But everything I say offends you. <laughs> I know, but I still admire you for saying it. Look at you, containing multitudes and whatnot. <laughs> now what? I just realized... Mom is going to have an absolute conniption when she finds out about this. Oh, dear God. Oh, oh you're right. Oh, I hadn't even considered that. Uh, you know, we don't even really need to tell her. We 100% do have to tell her. You've been fearing the wrath of the wrong deity this whole time. I hope you like sleeping outside with the goats. <laughs> well, I'll get used to it, I suppose. Could you at least not tell the goats about the whole ram slaughter situation, though? Your secret's safe with me, Pops. That was An Awkward Conversation in the Shadow of Mount Moriah, written by John Pavoso. It was performed by Oliver Caffey as Isaac and Brandon Bruni as Abraham. All right, so joining me now is the writer of this story, the very talented playwright. Uh, he's had works produced all over the world, and he's been published in Smith & Krauss, as well as Next Stage Press John Bovoso, how are you, sir? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Now, uh, for the people out there who aren't familiar with you and your work, could you give us a quick sort of breakdown of, uh, of what you do and, and how you got involved in playwriting? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so I am based in Washington, D.C., uh, and I have been for the whole time I've been playwriting. So I like to say I'm a little bit of a self-taught playwright. So didn't go to school for playwriting or theater in any way. Actually, uh, I actually started reviewing theater. I was in musicals and stuff in high school, but didn't carry that into college and was doing some freelance writing in D.C. And uh, we have a fringe festival uh, in D.C. And there were uh, two websites that in D.C. that 
reviewed every single show. And so they would staff up every summer to, you know, be able to review all these shows. And um, I did that for a few summers uh, and just woke up one day, I think in like 2014. And I was like, I'm going to write a play uh, and I'm going to self-produce. I'm going to enter in the French festival and self-produce it, not knowing, not having any idea how to do any of those things. Um, But I did it. I wrote a, I wrote a full length. It was like a 60, 70 minute script. So uh, the French festival in DC is not juried. So it's kind of first come first serve. So I got in and then very much, you know, by the skin of my teeth, self-produced a play in the festival. And it was a lot of fun uh, and it got pretty decent reviews. So I just decided I was going to keep going. And so have been, um, I joined a theater company here in DC and uh, have just sort of been writing plays and sending them out into the world ever since then. That's awesome. Yeah, I do. Because I submit a lot of play festivals as well. And I've seen over the years, I've seen your name a lot. Um, so doing your play is kind of, you know, it's kind of like, you know, after seeing your name so much, I'm like, oh, and it's, it's like an honor to, to be able to put on one of your works on this podcast here. Oh, wow. Thank you. Now, the play the audience just heard, you know, I love the title, An Awkward Conversation in the Shadow of Mount Moriah. I just, <laughs> I love that so much. And from what I've seen, the stage productions have all been in 2022. So this is a relatively new play that you've written, right? Yeah, this is a pretty new play. Uh, funny enough, so uh, I wrote it, I had had this idea for a while. And so I had actually written it last year, 2021. There was a, a theater company that had put out a call for short plays, like specifically for Father's Day. And with my perfect sense of timing, I actually finished the the play like the day after that call closed oh. so didn't actually get <laughs> so i gotta say that this would have been a great to... father's day, <laughs> day tale, i know but... <laughs> right and so perfect timing on that um but so that basically kind of closed so that was i guess you know around this time ish last year and uh yeah so didn't get it submitted for that and started sending it out. You know, I was a little unsure about it because, you know, it's it's kind of a neat, you know, it's based on a Bible story and you have to kind of, you don't have to know the source material, but it helps, but have had really great success. So at this point, I think by the end of 2022, it should have three or four different productions over the con- all over the country. And then it's going to be on an amazing podcast. So uh, it's really great. And so um, really happy with with how it's doing and that people are responding to it. Yeah, because like I said, I've seen it's had several notable productions, professional theaters like Barrington Sage Company, um, and you know they're loving producing it. And uh, even in the cities where it's been produced, you're getting a lot of good reviews in the media and press. Um, which you know, just congratulations on that. It's got a lot of momentum right now, and I hope it. I hope it keeps going. <laughs> so. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy. I'm happy that it's doing so well, and it's. Um, it's kind of the, it's kind of a, in a, what started as an unintentional series and now I think is a becoming an intentional series. Um, so I have a couple of short plays, um, one of which is going to be published later this year um, in a best of 10 minute plays um, that uh, are around the like Adam and Eve, Adam and Steve uh, type uh, story. And then uh, the latest 10 minute play that I just wrote that I recently finished um, is about is Noah and his wife on the ark. And so I've kind of, I'm like, well, if I can stretch this into a whole evening, <laughs> uh, just rewriting, um, you know, Old Testament stories, then I could have my own little uh, 
you know, my own little collection of, of these stories. So yeah, it's funny. That's actually a pretty good, uh, good little premise you got going there. Cause you know, even, even non-religious people are, are kind of familiar with the old Bible stories. Yeah. And it's funny when I first sent your script out to the voice actors, you know, I, I sent it to them. I was like, you know, give it a read, see if you like it, if it's something you want to do. And shortly after they both got back to me and you know, they loved it. And they, they were, one of the things they said was, they were surprised that no one had thought of that before, you know, because like I said, everyone's kind of familiar with the story of Abraham being told by God that he has to sacrifice his son. And then it's just ends up being a test and he, he ends up not having to do it. But then there's this three day walk home and and you kind of captured (laughs) that moment of uh, the awkward conversation that would have happened. And, you know, you put your own comedic take on it, of course, but you know, it was kind of brilliantly Put together and yeah and i love i mean i think it's a great kind of structure almost because uh i have another 10 minute play that was very that's been very successful that's basically a conversation between prometheus and the eagle that eats his liver every day um and so and i kind of like because i think especially with these old testament stories some of them are you know they're so wild <laughs> um you know incredible wild things happen but you get you obviously you get no like interiority or like how did anyone feel about that thing that just happened? It just is like, and now, you know, and now the world is flooding and now the next thing is happening. And so it's kind of fun to play with, you know, it's a lot of people know the overarching story, but that's exactly where it came from. It's just like, oh man, like that they had to walk home together. Like (laughs) after, (laughs) after that traumatic event, they had to walk home. Right. Exactly. Like (laughs) what is, what did that conversation sound like? And the, uh, like, or, you know, what, what, then when they got to get home and like, you know, mom is like, how was your trip? <laughs> you know, so, right. um, yeah. So I think, I think those are just really fun, interesting ways to kind of fill in within, you know, my own sensibility. Yeah. Um, now the uh, stage productions that you've had of this, have you had a chance to see any of them, whether it be online or in person or anything? I actually have, which has been really great because I, you know, I have some short plays that have been produced a number of times and I've never seen, <laughs> and I've never, never seen it done, but, um, uh, you had mentioned the Barrington Stage Company uh, did a production uh, earlier this year, um, a really great production. They basically recorded the live production and and offered it as streaming. So I got to to see it online, which was really great. And then uh, it was just produced by um, Fells Point Corner Theater in Baltimore, uh, which is about an hour or so away from where I live in D.C. And so I went up a few weekends ago with some friends and got to see uh, a live production of it, which was really incredible. So, and I love that because that, that to me is a lot of the fun is how different theater companies, different actors, different directors, you know, get the same script and interpret it completely differently. So it's always fun to kind of see where they go with it. Mentioning the Barrington stage company, I had to play with them last year and you know what they do with their video production is just phenomenal. (laughs) You know, I wish more theaters would do that, you know, just kind of offer that as an option. You could buy your digital ticket and kind of watch it, you know, because if if your play is getting produced in a city that you're not in or if there's a play you want to see, then you could just, you know, buy it online. And uh, especially the way they do it with the editing and everything. And it's it's so professional looking. It was great. Yeah, I think it was probably, yeah, it was easily probably the best like recorded version of uh, of one of my plays that I've ever seen. It was Mm -hmm. really impressive. Now, as far as your other works, because you don't, You've written full-length plays. I think you have your play called Blight, which is uh, published by Next Stage Press. 
Um, so you, you kind of do full length and short plays. Do you have a, a preference of what you kind of focus on more? Yeah. Um, I, I joke sometimes that I use, I write 10 minute plays to procrastinate writing full length plays. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I like them both, you know, for me, I'm, I can be a pretty quick writer, but I can take me a very long time to get to like between having an idea and being ready to write it, especially for a full length sort of how the story develops can take a while. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of why I like 10 minute plays because I like, I, you know, generally often they're like in a sitting or written very quickly. I love writing them when I have an idea that would not be sustained over like a one act or a full length play that you can, you know, 10 minutes is just the right amount of time. So, I mean, I've written a whole 10 minute plays that were inspired by tweets um, or by song lyrics or things like that. And it's just like, stretched over you know a full full length play this would probably not be that great but like the 10 minutes is the perfect way to like get that out or have that one conversation um so I think it kind of flexes different muscles um I still do love writing full length plays and seeing full length plays produced but the the 10 minute plays are really just like the fun quick bits and really gratifying obviously also I get a lot more 10 minute play productions than I do full length plays and so it's it's cool to kind of see them travel or go to see them. And um, so I think that's a lot of fun with the short plays as well. Yeah. In in conversations with other playwrights, you know, we were talking about how with a 10 minute play, since a lot of 10 minute play festivals, they'll choose eight to 10 plays for their lineup. It's a whole lot easier (laughs) to kind of see your work performed than if you write a full length play and there's a theater with a submission call and they're taking one play. <laughs> so right, unless exactly. you, you wrote the one that really speaks to them out of all the other submissions, um, it's, it's yeah. So I totally get that. It's definitely a, a better chance to see your work produced if you do more 10 minute plays, but not that you should stray away from the full length work that definitely works the brain differently. Like, like you said. Uh, so do you have anything else coming up um, not just for Mount Moriah, but just any of the plays in particular, anything to plug, where can people see the next John Bavoso play in a theater near them? <laughs> sure. Uh, so yeah, I've got, again, some, some 10 minute plays productions coming up. Um, and uh, what's been really exciting this year is earlier this year, uh, one of my full length plays uh, called MLM is for murder or your side hustle is killing us. Um, I love a long title, as you can tell, um, was uh, a winner of the American Association of Community Theaters New Play Fest for 2022. Awesome. And so, yeah. And so it had its world premiere production uh, at the Midland Center for the Arts in Midland, Michigan, uh, back in February. And so um, since then, it's had a university production in Oklahoma, and it will be published uh, by Dramatic Publishing uh, later this year in an anthology with all the, with the other five winning plays. And so that one's already, um, lined up for a couple more productions, um, later this year and early next year. So, um, hoping, uh, yeah, that, that'll, that'll get a few more productions all around. And, um, it was a really fun play to write and people are, seem to be responding to it. So, and it would be great to have an, you know, another, it's always great to hold a play in your hands. <laughs> I think it's such a neat, <laughs> feeling to have something tangible and so to have another published script you know with such a long long lasting and famous publisher is is really exciting yeah that's great congratulations on all that um 
So where can people find you? Do you have a website, social media or anything? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is uh, john-bavoso.com. Very easy. Not many other John Bavosos out there. Uh, I also have an MPX profile. And then, uh, you know, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, People can find me there as well. Um, and like you mentioned, uh, my play Blight is, avail- uh, is available for purchase and licensing through Next Stage Press as well, um, with a lot of other great playwrights. So. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. And I hope that we get to collaborate again in the future. I know you've got some other great plays. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you again so much. It's a, it's a huge honor. And uh, yeah, it's been a great process. So thank you. Thank you all for listening. Intro and outro music, as always, is provided by artist JK47. If you are associated with a theater and you would like to produce this play on your stage, please send an email to gatherbythegostlight at gmail.com or you can reach out to the playwright directly at his website, john-bavoso.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, maybe you're a long-time listener or maybe this is the first episode you've ever heard, let us know. Please leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also be sure to follow Gather by the Ghost Light on social media to stay up to date on new episodes. I'm Jonathan Cook, and as always, stay safe, and I'll see you next time we Gather by the Ghost Light. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.